1: We've got another great, I I would say even amazing show lined up for you here at this venue of Houston, Texas. We're going really into the heart of Indian country to uh, a couple that is based in Arizona. Tom and Elaine Waters are my guests. It's great to have you, Tom and Elaine. Thank you. Great to be here. Nice to be here. Now, for some who are listeners, regular listeners on American Indian Living, you folks are no strangers. You do work all around the country and the world, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yep, Your focus is on family health.
2: Family health, restoring families.
1: And uh, you have actually an organization that is called Restoration International.
3: Yes, that's the the core of it. (laughs) And you've been
1: doing this for a long time, haven't you? 28 years. 28 years. We want to focus on an aspect of health that is often neglected. I have not done something on this area of health in a long time on American Indian Living. We talk about family health often, but families are often no stronger than the couples that lead the family, the husband and the wife. You folks have not only a lot of interest in that area, but a lot of experience, right?
3: Lots of experience,
1: and you two. This is not like the fourth marriage for both of you, and you've been together for a year. Is that right? Thirty-seven years together. Okay, so so you've got some practical experience in making this yeah, work. The
2: good side and the bad, and the bad side. <laughs> okay, okay, mostly the good side. Oh, but good, We've good. had enough bad side. We're done with that.
1: <laughs> so, let's talk about this because there are so many sick families. There's so many people with mental health issues. As a physician, I see people. They're telling me about the terrible families in which they grew up in, and usually they begin by talking about dysfunctional uh, parental relationships. Mm -hmm. Where do we start to help understand what it takes to strengthen a good marriage or a marriage that's already on the rocks to help it? Where do we start, Tom?
3: Yeah, well, (laughs) we're going to talk about marital health and more specifically communication health healthy communication Okay, that is just not happening in so many marriages because we live in a very busy life
1: mm.
3: with everything pulling on us all the time.
1: No question. No and question. I,
3: I say, well, I live with you all the time, so we can communicate anytime. And it's like living next to the Grand Canyon and never going to visit because you can do it anytime. Mm. And so we are very intentional about our communication because a lot of life will keep us from that if we don't make intentional choices
1: so elaine practically speaking in your own relationship with tom what does that look like
2: Well, let me back up to the beginning when it was very unhealthy. I mean, not before marriage. We were very good. He was a very good communicator. But after he said, I do. And after I said, I do, Mm. somehow we didn't. I mean, it went downhill. Okay. And it was evident to me that I don't know what happens in a man's mind. But when they say I do, it's like that means they don't have anything else to say. They've they've said the the conclusion of the whole matter there. And that's two words. And it's not that way for women. We we Mm. want to know what they're thinking, what they're experiencing, you know, how life's affecting them. So we come on. We ask a lot of questions Mm that can be a little bit strong to the man or intimidating to him. And then we like
3: to say nothing when they say, so tell me what you're thinking about. We say Uh nothing. (laughs) Come on. You've got to have something in there more than nothing. Uh (laughs)
2: All men, in any language, (laughs) that one word sums it up. But. For us, it was recognizing that that poor communication after marriage Mm -hmm. was what began to unravel us and cause stress between us and misunderstandings and hurt and pain. And then when someone's hurt, to protect ourselves, we then want to either remove ourselves from the Mm -hmm. situation and, you know, run away, which is some responses, or we tend to attack the other person. And neither of those are healthy responses.
1: Definitely not. Definitely. So you're saying you had some practical experience with this. Yes. And since you're divulging things about your relationship, (laughs) I feel like uh, I'm fortunate, blessed to have a wonderful relationship with my wife. But I can remember early in our relationship that a very uncomfortable question would come up, like, what are you thinking? As you were sharing that, I'm saying, well, somewhere along the way, Sonia learned not to ask the question. I mean... (laughs) But it it is, you know, this is my private area of my thoughts and here, what do you mean? What what are you thinking? So this is kind of a universal thing, isn't it? Yeah, because
2: most men don't have a problem sharing what's on their thoughts prior to marriage. Not everything, but enough information that makes the woman want to feel like, yeah, I love this guy. Uh I love, I want to be with him. Mm -hmm. And so somehow after marriage is where it begins to break down.
3: Or can I say something about where we think it breaks down?
1: Sure, help us. Okay.
3: When we come into marriage, we come in in love, Mm -hmm. okay, or the best we understand love.
1: Okay. In any culture.
3: In in any culture. (laughs) Uh We come in believing that we're going to live happily ever after. That's Mm -hmm. just what we're coming in thinking. But what we don't come in thinking is that I am me. This creates what we call the me focus. Hmm. It's unintentional, but it's who we are. Men think that we're right. Why wouldn't we think any, you know, why wouldn't we think we're right? Okay. But we come into the marriage. There's a me there.
2: That's me over here, the woman.
3: There's a me here. We come in in love. The minister says, or whoever performs often says something like, you know, the two shall become one. Mm Mm-hmm. And here's the the conflict that starts to happen. Which me shall we be? Hmm. I know I'm right. I mean, (laughs) why would I not? She knows she's right. Absolutely. We're in love, but now we're married. And this coming together as one is very difficult Hmm. when I have strong opinions about what's right. And she has a little bit different opinion which me shall we be how do we become one and this is where communication usually begins to shut down in the marriage and we go into our corners
1: so tom i hear you painting a picture of saying when there are differences in outlook that is the time we most need to communicate but as you've been illustrating to elaine when those conflicts arise we often want to retreat into Mm -hmm. our own corners a
2: retreat or attack Mm, but those mm-hmm. are our two common mm-hmm. responses, neither of which are healthy. Both are which breaks down the communication anymore, causes more distance and more pain, more dysfunction in the relationship.
1: So what is the right response? How do we address that <laughs> when there are differences that almost, uh, well, invariably you're going to have something that may not seem easy to resolve, right?
3: Yes. Now, we're compacting 37 years of marriage, and fortunately, most of the bad stuff happened in the first couple of years.
1: That's reassuring. Okay? <laughs> but
3: we recognize that if we don't get out of this selfish me-focus mm. and get into the unselfish us-focus, we call it mutuality. We love that word. Mm. Mutuality and communication in marriage is so vital. That means that if I really love this girl, and she really loves me, and we don't do too much to damage that, okay, mm-hmm. that what we're interested in is mutually coming to an understanding that is best for us. Mm-hmm. No more of this my way or the highway, okay? This attitude of if you don't see it my way, I'm going to pout, and I'm going to go in my corner, mm-hmm. and I'm only going to come out to see if you've changed But instead, we look at ourselves and say, what can I do to make this marriage and this communication more mutually us? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what an incredible revolution we experienced. And for me, that started looking like this. I am going to stop trying to answer my wife before she's halfway through what she's trying to explain to me because mm. women do paragraphs men do bold headlines okay okay and, and that's just the way that we communicate generally
2: sometimes women speak in chapter form uh-huh. in other words pages and pages of information before we give them a chance to respond and men don't they don't like that they, they like so just men to,
3: we jump in like just now just just like that and we say look i know what you're gonna say You don't even have to say anymore. But we're not always right. And we're often wrong. And what I began to realize is what I need to do to be more mutual in my communication is listen with a heart to understand. Stop trying to get her to see my point. Start listening to understand her heart. When I started doing that, I'm telling you, her response was amazing. Hmm. She said, you don't have any idea what you've just done for me. I said, I haven't done anything. She said, oh, yes, you have. Hmm. You have listened to me. You have not been thinking about how you're going to respond to me halfway through my, my sharing thoughts, mm-hmm. getting your ideas together. You have listened to me, and you've actually heard my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's opening me up like a flower. Hmm. I said, wow.
2: <laughs> I even said to him, it, it's not important to me so much that you agree with me. But when you disagree with me and you've never heard me or my perspective and I don't think you understand, that's what's difficult. Mm-hmm. So I said, Does it doesn't matter if you agree with me as long as I know you understand where I'm coming from. If you fully understand, it's okay that you see it differently. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where couples, they miss it. They They get caught up in the... I see it this way, you see it that way, and we begin to defend our positions, and neither of us hear either of the other out.
1: What I hear you both saying is that we need to connect with a traditional Native value, and that is not walking on someone else's words. I don't know if you've heard that Native concept. Oh
3: well, it's very good. I like that. Yeah,
1: yeah so, uh, so basically when we're doing the interview, it's a little bit awkward because in Western interviews, and I know that's kind of weird that we speak of Western versus Native when Native people were more West than Europeans. But anyway, so, but the point is... When we're having an interview, a typical radio interview, the host is interrupting the guests, and the guests may be interrupting the host. But when I host American Indian Living, my listeners would tell me if I was walking on other people's words, why didn't you let Elaine finish? Why didn't you let Tom finish? And what you're saying is this is a prescription for happy relationships. Indigenous peoples here in North America understood that.
2: That's good. Now we've got to practice it, though. Wow. That's, there's difference between understanding it and really living it. Oftentimes we will do that in other relationships outside of the marriage mm. or outside of the home. Mm-hmm. But we need to practice that.
4: Behind closed doors. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Why do you think it is sometimes hardest to be gracious to the people closest to us?
2: Oh, that's
3: a very good question. You want
2: to say something on that? You go, and I have my thoughts. Okay.
3: We take for granted, often, take for granted those that are closest because, what I mentioned earlier, is they're always with us. This is a perception Mm -hmm. that is really a very superficial perception that because we sleep in the same bed and we maybe eat at the same table, okay, okay? (laughs) that's getting tougher nowadays, but we begin to take each other for granted that we're always there Mm. and with that unconsciously well sometimes consciously we also start to diminish the the proper respect for our love Mm. i like this idea of not walking on other people's words Mm -hmm. also not walking on other people's hearts not just going over the top of people that we're so connected with that we think we can answer for them That we can think for them Mm. and that we can actually tell them what they need to do without really hearing them. And I think that's what begins to happen in breaking down the relationship in that way.
1: Now, Elaine, we've just got a short time before we come to a break, but a couple of quick thoughts in response to what Tom just shared.
2: Okay, I think there's another factor in here, and that is prior to marriage, usually the woman looks what they can do to make him happy. Hmm. And the man also pursues in any culture they pursue the woman that they want to spend their life with after marriage. What happens is we switch roles instead of me focusing on what I can do huh. to make him happy. My only focus is what he 's going to do to make me happy, and my life is about me and him doing for me to make me happy
1: interesting interesting and vice versa we 've got to step away just for uh, just for a couple minutes i 'm talking with Tom and Elaine waters. They run an organization called Restoration International. We'll give you contact information uh, for them shortly. We will be back with more, things that can help your family, can help your marriage. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned for more on today's edition of American Indian Living right up after this.
0: Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this.
4: This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but
2: it's easy to get your blood pressure checked and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry
5: about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at WRInstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter.
4: Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue. Possible stroke victim.
5: When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke.
4: If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized.
0: You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose at the Convention Center in Houston, Texas. Across from me, the founders, co-founders and speakers for Restoration International, Tom and Elaine Waters, sharing from their experience of running seminars, strengthening families over the past three decades. It's really been that long, huh? Boy.
3: Time flies.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the advantage of an early marriage. You know, you guys get... get Our baby is 31
3: years old. Really? That's perspective. Okay.
1: <laughs> We're talking about communication and how vital it is in relationships, how easy it is to, uh, you know, seemingly communicate before we get married. Once that happens, things often run downhill. You've been giving us some pointers as to how to to counter those things that often creep into relationships that then undermine them. I'm thinking about many who are listening today. You're talking about things that have got people thinking, and at the same time, we have this idea, I think, many of us, that in relationships, if we're really committed, the other person's really committed to me, they are going to be interested in making me happy. You've, you've alluded to this already, Elaine. What's wrong with that kind of focus?
2: Well, it's all focused on ourselves. And mm. it's as we focus on ourselves, we find that nobody ever quite can meet our expectations or our desires. And we really find that the greatest joy we have is when we give, not mm. when we take. Okay. So that's that's a real big key factor here in the relationship because if he's only focusing on his needs and what I need to do to meet his needs mm-hmm. or I'm only focusing on what I want out of this relationship, irregardless of how it affects him, we're both being, as he said earlier in the in the interview, we were in the me focus, a very selfish focus. Mm-hmm. And when we're selfish, we cannot find happiness.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's impossible.
1: So... What Tom I heard saying was one of the things he first started to give you was, at least after there were some challenges, mm-hmm. is to give you time to share your thoughts. What does the woman have to give the man? I mean, it's, is it all a, a man problem? Or are we the, the issue, Tom? Or?
3: <laughs> well, we uh, unfortunately, we are s- uh, contributors to the problem, okay? Okay.
2: I need to give my heart for him, too. I need to to look to make his life as happy and as fulfilling as possible. Not worried about how my emotions are doing and, you know, what my expectations are. But what can I do to make his life happy? That's really what was taking place prior to marriage.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
2: if we keep focusing there... Even how I respond to him in my, in my communication, how I look at him, if I roll my eyes when he says something, that's a very strong message that, you know, I don't like what you're saying right now, and that's a stupid idea or whatever. And that really cuts the communication. So sensitive to those things and really looking, what can I do to contribute to the happiness that we want to share together?
1: So great focus. I'm still a hung up on this nitty-gritty of communication because it sounds like the way we're characterizing it the woman as you said Elaine speaks in paragraphs Tom you characterize these these bold statements that men make you know cut and dried here it is so as I'm listening it sounds like the whole problem with communication is really on the guys but it's not so where does the woman undermine the communication process? Yeah, the
3: woman can turn a man into a monster overnight without the guy having any idea he's done anything wrong, hmm. okay? My wife was so positive, so energetic, so on top of the world when we got married. And afterwards, it's like she started getting negative about things that I was not doing. Oh. And she started communicating, and she would say things like, like this, this is an example. I'd come home from work, and she'd say, honey... How can you don't have any time for the children? You're just so busy. Okay, so that makes me feel bad. Mm -hmm. Makes me feel guilty. Okay. Now we all know intellectually that nobody can make anybody feel bad or do anything to make anybody feel a certain way, but that's the impact that it has. And it started feeling like she was criticizing me and why don't you have time for me and what Mm -hmm. about, you know, our family and instead of that being like, man, that makes me feel great. I am motivated. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to pull back.
2: Huh. Oh, you did. You did. And, pull I, back. and I and
3: I began to pull back. And and then uh, you know, in our situation, my wife, unbeknownst to me, began praying. Hmm. And she, I didn't find this out till later, but she started praying, initially for me. And then it started turning to praying about how she was relating to me. Hmm. And I came home one day and she she was so positive toward me. She was she started telling me all the things that she loved about me. You know <laughs> what I did? I I my response to that first of all was to embrace her. Hmm. But secondly, I took the kids to the park that day. I took them down to the park just me and the children, we had a great time. They came home. They couldn't stop talking about it. The next day I come home from work and she's saying, Honey, the, the, the kids have just not stopped talking about how great it was for daddy to spend time. That was a turning point in our mm. communication about what her her communication on the positive side. She actually sort of created what I'm going to call a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. And she started encouraging me, and I became that man. Now it was in there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do what was right. But instead of beating me, kind of beating me up, uh-huh. she was encouraging me. And it never stopped after that. I mean, uh, I got a book for Father's Day, okay? So we've been married 37 years. Okay, Our three children, who our youngest is 31, our oldest is 35, they wrote a book to me. It was a beautiful Thomas Kincaid. book book with paintings about family uh-huh, uh-huh. and in between some of the pages there was a place to write personal memories about mm-hmm. dad Oh, it oh what a treasure okay and a lot of that stemmed back the memories that we made that i made as a father with my children stem back to that turn in her starting to to encourage and build me up and create the man that was inside of me rather than beat me up that you're never getting it right, and you don't don't do this, and you don't have time for that. And it was an amazing experience.
1: Mm. And you remember that I can tell by the smile on your face. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And
2: this is what I have a passion to try to communicate to Uh lives, is that if we will focus on not being critical, but look for every positive quality, Mm -hmm. even if there's only one or two that we can identify, Mm -hmm. and then we start responding to that and expressing that, Our husband will begin to become the person that we talk about. Mm -hmm. If we say, you don't do this, you can't do that, you're lazy here, you're whatever there, Mm -hmm. that's who they become because Mm -hmm. they become who we say they are. And women don't realize the power they have in the relationship to redirect, recreate that relationship by our attitude toward our husband. Mm
1: -hmm. And I know we're focused on the marriage relationship, Mm -hmm. the husband and wife. But no doubt, this carries over to the children as well, and Absolutely. what we communicate there.
3: Yeah, and that's why I brought up the the Father's Day book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say it's a it's a treasure because this is not my ten and thirteen year old. You know, uh-huh. this is my thirty one, thirty three, and thirty five year olds mm-hmm. who have lives of their own. Taking the time to write down these things, that attitude and communication can make a huge difference. In a family,
1: so folks are hearing you. Those who are in perhaps the most need of the counsel you're sharing may feel like, well, yeah, fine for them, but it wouldn't work in my situation. I mean, some sometimes people feel they're in relationships where they're basically they're listening to this show, but they're maybe in the midst of a divorce, they're going through divorce proceedings, they're separated. I mean, are there things that are so far gone that they can't be uh, patched back?
2: Everything's recoverable. Every Everything, even infidelity. We've worked with many couples where there's been unfaithfulness in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And we see that those relationships can turn around. So there's hope for everyone. The question is, and it has to do with our health, we become what we tell ourselves we are.
3: Okay, mental
2: health. A mental health, uh-huh. and if we can see a glimmer of hope and take hold of that glimmer of hope, we have the the beginning of change.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've
3: worked with hundreds of couples in some of the situations that seem so hopeless. Okay, even with a couple who was divorced.
1: Okay. And they're married again now. Okay, (laughs) Okay. fair enough, fair enough. Okay, that's
3: not really a a typical situation. Uh But so many people find themselves in a position of, I've gone too far, it works for you, but but I'm hopeless. Mm -hmm. And if there's a willingness on just one person's side, okay, because separation and divorce happen because we come to the place where it's easier to stay in my corner and your corner and not come out except to see if you've changed or to come out occasionally to throw a punch, okay, Mm -hmm. and then we go back into our corners, they believe that there is no way around this unless the other person changes. Mm. If one of those people will say, I wonder what I would be willing to do Mm. to make the difference and stop looking for the change out here, Mm. Okay? okay? When that happens, we have seen many marriages turn around, When just one person says, I am willing to do something I haven't been doing.
1: So the spotlight turns back on us. And we're going to say, once you do that, we've got more help coming. We're going to talk about that in our next segment. You're listening to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose with Tom and Elaine Waters. A lot more practical, life-changing information coming up. Don't go away. We will be back with more when our second half continues in just a couple of minutes.
0: American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre recorded broadcast, please call 1 800 775 HOPE. That's 1 800 775 4673.
5: So, you want to be a hero? Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke, sudden weakness on one side, or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke.
4: Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit.
0: You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: Welcome back to the second half of today's edition of American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose here in this vibrant venue. We're in a convention hall in Houston, Texas. And uh, if you're enjoying the ambiance of the convention hall, that's wonderful. If you're not, our apologies. But we wouldn't have such great guests if we weren't here where so many good people were, like Tom and Elaine Waters, who have been with me from the beginning of the hour. Tom and Elaine, we've been talking about you. We've been benefiting from your wisdom. But some people are scratching their heads. They say, I know that name, Restoration International. It seems like I've heard of it. Tell us a little bit more about what you do and how people can connect with you, maybe even in a personal way.
3: Okay, well, you've given them the website information, so that's that's something that they can go and download literally hundreds of hours of information about how they can have happier marriages, better parenting, uh, great marriage can get better okay we're We're on our second honeymoon, and it's an extended honeymoon. We're loving it. Our children are all grown, and we have her mom living with us eighty nine uh-huh. But as I say, she's deaf. We can still have a great <laughs> second honeymoon, okay? And um, a lot of people are missing the joy in marriage. Mm. So they can go, and, you know, if they want to pick up some of these things uh, on the website, free downloads. If they want to get a hold of us, they can email us. It's, that information's there.
1: Okay, so... The information that you're talking about on the website, I've mentioned the name of your ministry, Restoration International. Anyone can find it. Just go into Google or any search engine. But it's really simple, too. It's restoration-international.org. Mm-hmm. It's it. that simple, right? It's simple. Yep. Okay. So you got all kinds of resources. I'm not going to go bankrupt trying to benefit from your advice. It's well, just like... lots
3: of free stuff.
1: Really? Yep. That's a good deal. <laughs> so in addition to putting... Free content on your website, you folks I know are very visible here in this venue. It seems like there 's always people around you that and their smiles seem to indicate there 's some personal relationship uh, i 've gathered over the years because of your proximity to places where i 've been that you travel quite a bit. Is, is that still the case
2: we, we do We travel quite a bit <laughs> and we,
3: we one
1: point a... five million
3: miles in. In just Delta Airlines, that's seat time.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so we do. We're all, I was going on the road a lot. We're in the air a lot. But okay. But we have a, a joy and a passion in what we're sharing because we've seen the difference it's made in our lives mm. and the joy that we experience that continues to grow. Marriage does not have to be stagnant. Relationships should never become stagnant. Any relationship, mm. they should always have the potential to be better the next day than they were this day. So that is our passion, and yeah, we do welcome people to send us an email and give us a, a sketch of their lives, what's taking place if they think that there's, you know, something that we can share with them to encourage them, that they too can experience this. It's a continuing growth.
3: We have this little thing that we kind of happily share back and forth, and that is, why is it that couples would not... Just want to have a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Okay. Fair enough. I mean,
3: that's just a really profound thought. And the more we fall in love, we had no idea that love can grow the way it has grown. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say it's amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we also attribute it to the love of God in in our particular situation. But our love continues to grow. And one of the things that we do to grow our love is that we have fun together. We do intentional things together that often people say, well, there again, there's that. Well, we live together. We're together all the time. Uh uh No, we do things that are fun because many of us have gotten too bland in our day-to-day life. And the fun goes out of
1: it. Hmm. Okay? So we want to talk about this concept of fun (laughs) because it's interesting. A lot of times people might feel... I don't have time for fun. I'm working three jobs. Yes. Uh You know, I'm overextended. This is a luxury that I can't afford. But once we get on a stable footing, then we can do that. I, it's amazing to me how many people haven't taken a vacation for years and mm-hmm. years. Uh, how do you speak to someone who <laughs> feels like we just – we, we don't have the resources to do anything fun.
2: We don't have to have resources. We all have the same resource available to us that we need to have fun, and that's time.
5: Okay, So we enough. choose
2: how we want to use it. And the problem that we find is that we keep hoping that if we work harder, we have more resources, we have a bigger home, we have more status or whatever, we're going to somehow reach that dream of happiness. Mm. But we create that dream every day. That's our choice, Mm -hmm. and we don't have extra time any more than anybody else does with our schedule. We don't have extra resources by any means, but we choose to put fun into our lives, Mm -hmm. and really, it it adds the sparkle to the marriage. It can be something as simple as going on a walk together. I remember the day we were walking together. We often walk together 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's good for our health, Mm -hmm. our mind, our body, and our marriage.
1: So you guys think that's fun?
2: Oh, well, we create fun in the walk.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I enjoy walking with my wife, too. Don't misunderstand (laughs) me. But there's other people that the whole idea of doing anything physical would not be fun to them.
2: Well, we understand that. Yeah, we understand Uh that. And we actually do think walking is fun. We're passionate Uh walkers because we're all about healthy, being healthy. And I appreciate that about you.
1: I appreciate that.
2: But anyway, I... My husband got a little bit ahead of me on the road, Uh and uh, he decided, there's still kids in us, he decided he was going to hide behind We have a lot of big trees and bushes where we live.
3: Oh, really? Uh Uh-oh. Up in the highlands of Arizona. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we're not in the desert. We're not in the desert. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, I'm walking along, and I I know he's hiding out there somewhere, oh, you right? Do? Okay. Oh yeah, because uh-huh. I know he's got a little bit of boy left in him. Okay. And I am looking, you know, here, 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 and I'm behind these bushes, kind of going up, a little uh-huh. bit cautious, you know. And I don't know how he pulls it off.
3: I knew she would be expecting me to hide. Uh huh. It's not the first time. Yeah. Okay.
2: But all of a sudden he just. Jumps out from behind a bush, raises his arms and growls like a bear, you know.
3: Like... And I had my video running.
1: Oh, you did? And this okay. This is all planned. Okay, and what's the response from The Elaine? response
3: is really good on the video. Oh, it is? Okay. She won't demonstrate it here, but, because uh-huh. it would probably blow your speakers out. Okay. But
1: it's... And needless to say, that maybe it's not posted on the website. Right. <laughs> no, it's not. I said, okay. That one's for us. Okay. But just... It was a
3: very long and protracted screen, though. Okay. Much longer than I thought she had the wind to do. <laughs>
2: But it, it just, it, the startle made it fun. The startle of him thinking to take time to, you know, be playful in the relationship. Like that's, that.
3: that's it, right there. Just to be thoughtful, to be playful, and to have a little mm. bit of fun. Mm-hmm.
1: So this was not some elaborate thing that cost you a lot of money. You didn't go to some exotic right. place. <laughs> I think that's one of the ironies, you know, as we're speaking about this. Sometimes people will say, well, I'm doing this all for you and for the family, and that's why I'm not home, that's why I'm working the three jobs, and, uh, you know, we're going to go on this trip or we're going to do something, but the person is disconnected from the family, from the Mm -hmm. spouse, that whole time, right? Is that a common scenario or is it just something that I'm tuned into? It is very common. Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, It's unfortunate. And, you know, all these... um, Time-saving devices that okay, we have okay. is a part of this, okay? Mm-hmm. Not going to get off on this, but you know mental health. We're talking about health here. This is uh-huh. the focus. Marital health, mental health, right, right. stress all plays into this. And today we have become so device-driven. Mm. And we've dealt with this, okay? I've got one of these things on my side here. Okay. But we are controlling those devices because what's happened is that all this time saving that we should have Uh as a result of this, it just made us busier because we can pack more into it Uh now because we are so connected with everybody. Right, right. The downside of it is often that we are so accessible to so many people so much of the time that it robs the vitality out of the most important relationships of
1: life. Now, this is so interesting. I was just speaking at another conference, and I was traveling with one of the other conference speakers, and he said he had to deliberately restrict his accessibility to to people. He actually stopped being so active on Facebook, for example, because basically he said, I realized everyone had access to me, and it was impacting his most important relationships. There it is. Yeah.
3: You see it over and over.
1: So is there a practical strategy? Do you do you have a specific recommendation? Yes.
3: <laughs> we believe that and we've we practice this. We we were in an olive garden restaurant uh-huh. not long ago. Okay. And we were just having a, a really connected conversation because uh-huh. our devices don't get used in that setting. Okay. And these four ladies came in and they were obviously best of friends. Uh-huh. They were hugging and they were excited. They sat down and literally for the next 40 minutes they
1: didn't speak. Really? Are you serious?
3: They were all on their devices.
1: Really? That is incredible. Okay? Uh-huh. Now, okay. they might
3: have spoken a word or two here and yeah, there. Yeah. Uh-huh. They were all on their devices. We're sitting right next to them. Uh-huh. At the end of the meal, we stayed to see how it played out. Okay. They got up. They were hugging each other. They said, this was so wonderful. We've got to do this again. And I wanted to say, what was wonderful about this? You greeted each other, and you're saying goodbye to each other, and you uh-huh. never talked to each other the whole time. We say that meal time should be a time that we all agree to put the devices away mm. and connect. Okay? That's just one mm-hmm. simple mm-hmm. suggestion.
1: Mm-hmm. Boy, that's great. A lot of people would, would benefit from that, wouldn't
3: yes, they? Yes, and a lot of people would say, I can't do that. I'm, I'm, well, they wouldn't say this, but they're uh-huh. device addicted. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know there's actually an addiction out there. I'm sure you know this as a doctor.
1: Yeah, I've, okay. I've I've heard of it. I can't okay. tell you. I've actually diagnosed someone with the condition, but okay. maybe it's because I'm not working hard enough to try to you know <laughs> find the diagnosis. Yeah. So let's come back to this idea. So we've got things that are interfering with relationships. We've also got to prioritize fun. Fun things don't have to take a huge expenditure. What I'm hearing between the lines, they do take a commitment, and we do have That's to right. be deliberate.
2: I would say other fun things. You know, even maybe be flirtatious in your relationship with your spouse. Okay. Mm. Um, my husband will often come up behind me and give me a hug and say, Oh honey, I just really love you. Mm. I mean that moment of 30 seconds Uh for a hug in that communication sets the tone of our relationship. Or I may say something to him in a way that catches his attention. Uh So, we call those things fun as well.
1: Okay, okay. It doesn't
2: have to be like child's play. It uh-huh. can be something that is, and each couple will create their own environment of fun, mm-hmm. but something that meets how we interact together. We can go out and play ping pong together. Now, we used to have a ping pong table many, many years ago, uh-huh. and that was for he and his buddies to play. Oh, okay. And I would play with him, but... He would always hit the ball so that it was difficult for me to (laughs) get back. So it really wasn't fun for me. Uh So I didn't want to play. And eventually we got rid of the ping pong table. Okay. Well, we have one again. And now we play together. Mm.
3: She actually got it for me this time. I bought him the
2: table. (laughs) Okay. And we actually, we'll go out there sometimes. Oh, let's just have one ping pong game. And it's not about who wins. Mm. It's about having fun together.
1: Good. Good deal. Well, we've got time for one final segment. You guys can stay by. Oh. Sounds good. Okay, I'm afraid they might try to chase us out of the exhibit hall because I know things are winding down on this particular day, but we're going to try to squeeze it in. Tom and Elaine are staying by. You do the same. One final segment and some other great information that will be life-changing for you as well. Stay tuned. I'm Dr. DeRose. We will be right back.
0: Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: Welcome back to our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. Tom and Elaine Waters, the co-founders, the speakers for Restoration International. If you didn't catch the website earlier in the show, it's simply restoration-international.org. Elaine, as we come back, we've mentioned the fact that you guys have an active international speaking schedule. Is that something also that's available on your website?
2: Yes, we have a, a schedule there that people can look at where we're going to be in their area. And what we encourage people to do if they've been blessed by what they've heard, motivated mm-hmm. by it. All of us belong to a family. And we all have relatives somewhere. Mm-hmm. And what we learn, we like to share. And so okay. if it's something that's been beneficial, not only can you share the website with other your other family members or friends who live maybe in a different state, mm-hmm. but you can also say, hey, You know, I see this couple's going to be in California. I've never met them, but I've heard their stuff. Look this up. So the schedule's there so we can let people know where we're going to be. And we'd love to share this time with others.
1: And so basically, you know, you folks have been, you know, very engaging, giving a lot of practical information. You've been doing this for a long time. So I'm sure you command top dollars. So if someone wants to hear you speak somewhere, they should be saving up now for... 2019 or 2020?
3: <laughs> yeah, actually, um, as we have been blessed, we want to share that blessing. Uh-huh. Okay? And so now one of the things that we do around the country is family retreats. Okay. Okay? We don't get paid to do family retreats, so people don't come and have to pay a fee to get into this. So wait a venue. minute. So,
1: so you guys... You guys are not getting rich doing these seminars?
2: Oh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay. There is a registration fee uh-huh. for anybody attending a family retreat that also includes a free flash drive of the retreat. Oh, okay. The presentations, you know, all videoed and audio there, all the music that's done there. Uh-huh. So that's part of that registration fee. But we don't get paid, you know, you have to pay $100 per couple to hear this. Uh-huh. That's not... That's now who so, we are. so
1: what are we talking about as far as a registration fee, just to put it in perspective for us?
2: Roughly fifty dollars per family.
1: Fifty dollars for, for a family. An event. This is a multi day event? Yes. Four days. Really?
3: Yeah, and that's just the registration fee.
1: Okay. And then if it's somewhere close to your home, people just commute to the event?
2: They commute there if they have to drive there and they don't have accommodations close. All these events are held in places that they can get local accommodation. Mm -hmm. Anywhere from economy, like tenting, which is really cheap, all the way up to... Well, I will say indoor decent accommodation not five star accommodations, okay. but in any of them okay
1: so you 're not doing sessions in luxury hotels where you no. know $1,000, thousand two thousand dollars to walk in for these a day. are like
3: retreat centers or you know out in the country and
1: okay, yeah. very nice, very nice so restoration international that 's the organization that you head up, and as we 're closing out the show in this final segment, i know there 's probably a 1,000 things running through both your minds that you're saying, wow, we've got to finish up here and we haven't even talked about. What is that blank that you're going to say at the end of the show, if we didn't talk about it, we really didn't give people the tools they needed to have the best marriage possible?
3: Well, because the focus here is health, okay? Mm -hmm. We want to have healthy marriages, healthy families. We need to have healthy thinking,
1: Hmm. okay? Okay.
3: Yeah, I mean it's no surprise to any of us that what we're thinking about can create either happiness and joy mm-hmm. in our experience or it can create frustrations that we might bottle up for a while and then it just explodes on our wife or our children wow. or whatever. So, stress has a huge impact and you know this very mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. on every relationship. That's right. Okay? So, we need to be intentional about our individual thinking. We counsel a lot of, Elaine can speak to this better than I can, but the mental health of a woman emotionally, her emotional stability, if she is on the negative thinking and is only thinking about what my husband is not doing, we touched on that earlier, that will definitely impact her physical health, Mm. her intimacy connection with her husband, and again, puts us into our corners because now the guy feels like she's not meeting my needs and that becomes a self focused for the guy and the woman is saying, but you're not meeting my emotional needs. I don't feel mm. like you love me. If you really loved me, I'd be experiencing this. I'd be feeling this. And so that's another area of dysfunction that we like to address.
1: Okay. So Elaine, is this uh, kind of hitting the nail on the head as far as some of the challenges that? Couples face?
2: It is. And in every relationship when you break down it's the result of two people, not mm-hmm. just one person. Mm-hmm. I mean there's always to some degree responsibility on the other person's part as well as our own. The problem with us as humans is we want to put a hundred percent responsibility out there and we don't want to take any in here in our own on our own side. And really if we what helped to turn us around is we both stop trying to put the responsibility for change Mm -hmm. on the other person. Mm -hmm. And we took it on upon ourselves to be fully accountable for our actions and our thinking and our contributions to it. And I just want to say that something that can be very helpful, which is very helpful to me and to us in our relationship, is go back and look at all the positive things that you liked and loved about that person before Mm -hmm. you got married Mm -hmm. and start putting that mental energy rehearsing those things instead of allowing that mental energy to be rehearsing all the things that have been disappointing or all the things that have been upsetting. Mm -hmm. When I began to do that, and so I'm speaking from experience, I helped to create the change in the Uh relationship, Uh first in my own life, and I became falling more and more in love with him, even though there was no necessarily visible or tangible Mm -hmm. change on that side. Mm -hmm. But my mental perspective changed which made a difference in the reality of our relationship.
1: I've heard other counselors speak about that. And, you know, sometimes when relationships are difficult, the knee-jerk response will be, well, there's nothing good about him. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I mean, you wouldn't have married someone if you thought there was nothing good (laughs) about them, right? So I appreciate that focus and, you know, going back to that early relationship, right? Mm
3: -hmm. And we've actually encouraged people. And we've done it ourselves. In fact, one of the seminars that we've been doing this year includes having people sit down in the first two minutes of the seminar. Uh And they go back and they put down on paper all the things they loved and adored and admired about that other person. Mm. And it is a kickstart to a change of mental attitude that really gets on fire.
1: Excellent. So your seminars are practical. They're not just listening to you talk. You get uh, hands-on stuff.
2: And as listeners go back and they they check out the website, they're going to find so many examples, Mm -hmm. often from our own experience, Mm -hmm. so they know that we can identify with some of the challenges that they're facing. And those examples, we dissect them. We pull them apart Mm -hmm. and we look at why it fell apart and then how we began to rebuild it. So they're not only practical, but they're tools, lessons that we learn from so that we can make choices different now in the present so that our future becomes more fulfilling and happy and rich mm-hmm. instead of we all we keep wanting to fall to the past and the past is full of pain and misery
1: right right here's how i'm putting this together tom and elaine tell me if i'm hearing you right you're saying if you've got challenges right now one of the places to start is to realize you can do things differently each individual can take responsibility and you're saying if you don't know where to start you've got a website restoration-international.org .org you can go there and we'll walk you through a lot of this stuff you got hundreds of hours of material there am i hearing you right that's right and it's all free
3: yep now there's books that we have for sale okay that okay. we've written okay we didn't talk about that and there's some music that's on there that we can't just give away free but I all understand. of our audio and our video materials and seminars are free to download.
1: Wow, that is really tremendous. You guys have not only been a blessing sharing throughout the world, but you've been a blessing to us on American Indian Living, sharing with us today. We so appreciate that.
3: Great to be
2: with you. Yes, thanks for the opportunity.
1: And we're also so thankful that you've got such valuable resources. As we wind up, I know there's always some way to crystallize what we've talked about I've tried to do that from my vantage point but I want to give you each a chance just real quick Tom if you were to give one last message to men yes who are struggling with a relationship what would you tell them
3: don't give
1: up hmm.
3: get up and keep going forward
1: okay okay don't give up get up and keep going forward I like that Elaine from a woman's perspective you're talking to the ladies now it looks pretty bleak to someone who's listening in.
2: Treat your husband the way you want him to treat you.
1: Hmm. Sounds like the golden rule.
2: It is. (laughs) But it it is a golden rule because it works.
1: Okay. It's hard to argue with success, isn't it?
2: Oh absolutely. I mean why wouldn't we want it? It's a small it's a simple choice for a big change.
1: Tremendous stuff. We gotta run. I'm Dr. David DeRose. You've been listening to Tom and Elaine Waters one more time if you didn't catch it already. Their ministry called Restoration International, that's restoration-international.org. Hopefully today's show has helped you to get in better touch with what it takes to have a strong relationship. And as always, for all of us at American Indian Living, I'm Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of
4: health. Native Voice One the Native American Radio
0: Network.